What is up, everyone, and welcome back to the Buffalo Blitz right here on the Built in Buffalo Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter network. It's been a little while. Not really. It's been over just a little week. Obviously, we had Dan Feets on two weeks – or Dan – yeah, Dan Fa- Dan Fates. Obviously, Fates. Dan Fates, like Ryan Bates, but Fates. Dan Fates on two weeks ago. We took last week off for – 4th of July, our show literally fell on 4th of July, but it kind of worked out perfectly, Lance. We kind of agreed on that because Bills don't go to training camp for two weeks till today, which is kind of cool that the first day of training camp falls right onto our show. So we'll have this show, we'll have one more show, final preview before training camp, and then it's just whatever we hear from training camp on that day. But Lance, how are we doing tonight, my man? Doing well, doing well. So uh, everyone out there, if you haven't done so yet, please hit the like and share. We would appreciate it. And uh, thanks for tuning in to the Buffalo Blitz here on the built-in Buffalo network. Got a lot of exciting stuff coming up. The season's going to be starting. Uh, don't forget to check out our sponsor, Underdog Fantasy. Use promo code BLITZ at sign up. You can get your deposit match between $10 and $100 uh, of a match. And using promo code BLITZ gets you that. And then you can also enter the biggest fantasy football match contest in the entire world 15 million total prizes 3 million to first place go out there sign up for uh underdog fantasy use promo code blitz if you deposit 13 bucks you'll get 13 bucks matched and you can enter the underdog fantasy best ball mania for must be 18 we do not support gambling so if you have a problem please call 1-800-GAMBLER correct yeah Guys, comment section is open. If you're on Facebook, you're on YouTube, make sure you subscribe, make sure you follow. If you want to comment throughout the show, we're going to be talking about some of the skill positions, but if you guys want to bring up any topic that maybe suits you for the Bills, two weeks into tra- heading into training camp, let us know. John's already ready for week one. Lance, rookies have to show up in week one. He- <laughs> oh, no, no. he's been, He means one week. Uh, oh, so oh, I'm on having a On the 18th, yep, I'm the, having a the uh, rookies will show up and uh... – Hey, John, I'm sorry, John. I, I put you on blast there for about a second, and that was my <laughs> error. That was my mistake. Yes, rookies do have to show up uh, easy, in one, easy in one week. I agree. Chris is in here. He, he Chris was in almost 45 minutes before the show even started. An so, animal. Before he goes to bed, he just pops in and says hi. Yeah. What's up? And, yeah, guys, comment section is open if you're on YouTube or on Facebook. And if you do miss this episode and you prefer the podcast version, you can listen to this tomorrow morning on Apple or Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast, And then, I've, as always, you can always rewatch it on Facebook. And you can rewatch it on YouTube. What's up, Woody? Not funny. How we doing, my man? Let's get let's get going here, Lance. So, first banner, and th- we're talking skill positions tonight. Uh, running backs, a little wide receivers, a little tight ends, surrounding Josh Allen and what the Bills did this offseason, heading into training camp. Mm-hmm. So, Lance... How will the Bills use Dawson Knox and Dalton Kincaid? And when I ask that question, I mean, how will they use them together? We know how they basically use Dawson Knox. We don't know how they use Kincaid, but how will they use them together? Yeah, I think that um, there was some good stuff out there. Even today, I think people were talking about this in that Dalton Kincaid um, is going to be kind of the middle eater, so to speak. (laughs) He's going to eat up the middle of the field and try to get vertical. Um, he's got the athleticism to kind of go in that seam route area. And um, Dawson Knox is more of that 
kind of safety in the flat or out route or, you know, crosser kind of guy where he's going to get position on his defender and then really try to box out to, um, to that reception. So. Yeah. I think when we first, well, obviously when Gong came first officially became a Buffalo bill back in April during the draft, and we did a lot of draft prep, uh, you and I Lance for the show, but obviously he's a tight end, right? He came in as a, tight end that was his position at utah but they drafted him to become in my opinion a big slot right Mm -hmm. i think we're going to see a lot of 12 personnel right that's with knox and with kincaid because i don't think they view kincaid as a true tight end his one of his weaknesses when he or in his draft profile and obviously we'll see how that translates to camp preseason and then the week one of the regular season was that he wasn't the most prolific blocker pass or run blocker but his hands were incredible probably one of the best hands in in the draft if you go back and watch one game film i always tell people you got to go watch the usc game he had 16 catches he's a dynamic dynamic player and i think they're going to use him more of i hate saying travis kelsey right because there's only one travis kelsey basically ever in the nfl how they use travis kelsey and how less of a blocker is and more just a true pass catcher but Think of the style of Travis Kelsey. I will. Right. If we became half of Travis Kelsey, we, I think we would be on board for that. And that offense would be so much more dynamic than it already is. But right, I think certainly. think of that because I think they'll be used a lot together, right? They'll be using the big slot. There'll be times when Knox is not on the field and Kincaid's playing a true tight end position. But the Bills missed a, a clear cut, reliable slot guy last year. They bring mm-hmm. in Deontay Hardy, they bring in Trent Sherfield. We're going to get to those, those guys in a second. We have Khalil Shakir for a year two. We'll see what he is year two. He can play inside. He can play out. But Dalton Kincaid gives Josh Allen a reliable big target, not just in the red zone, but in the middle of the field. And he, like you said, he's a space eater. But I think Lance, what do you think his like the Bills' ability to match up in the red zone against other teams? If you have Knox, if you have Kincaid with Davis and Diggs, like that creates a ton of mismatches. I believe in the red zone. Hundred percent. I mean, nobody can cover Diggs in a phone booth. So if you start spreading some guys out and uh, are able to, you know, basically get these matchups, um, it's going to be very hard to cover Diggs mm-hmm. on like a you know slant route. Even you know they've done some really cool stuff with the trips and and a screen game type of thing at the goal line before. So there's a lot of different examples out there of when they've been at the goal line. The thing I think they've missed is that threat to pound the ball up the middle. And we'll kind of get on to the running backs in a little bit. But I think now with that renewed threat a little bit, that helps people, uh, um, helps bring guys into the box so they don't necessarily need to, or they're not necessarily able to commit too many assets outside to the receivers. So I think that freeing up those matchups and getting guys kind of one-on-one, um, like I talked about earlier, kind of in the group chat, I'm not sure if you read that, was, mm-hmm. you know, Dawson Knox is a, definitely a touchdown machine. He's definitely a guy mm-hmm. that's going to body people out and be able to catch the ball. He's got good, strong hands. You saw in that one, you know, he just reached his hand out one-handed, caught that pass on the flat um, last year for, for Allen. Allen kind of, um, you know, threw a bullet to him, and he kind of just stuck his hand out, grabbed it, and I think he scored. And made, But it was on the sideline anyway, one-handed kind of grab, and just kind of mm-hmm. stuck to his hand. So um, those are the kind of things that you'd like from Dawson Knox. And then Kincaid is going to be a totally different beast. Like, you have the ability, like I said, to go up the seam, but then he's also going to hit post routes. I think 
you're going to look for Kincaid more in the 15 to 20 yard range or 10 to 20 yard range. We'll give them. Yeah. And then you're going to look for Knox and Davis. I say Davis is still, cause he's really a deep threat, but um, I think he's still going to be able to, to win inside the 10 even. And then Diggs obviously is more I, I of that kind of yeah. slant, you know, kind of those quick routes where he's going to win with his quickness. And if we can get Diggs in one-on-one situations more often this year, that's really going to be the key to success for the Bills offense. That's kind of why they're talking about bringing these guys in and being able to, um, you know, get weapons for Josh Allen. That's the whole reason why a guy like DeAndre Hopkins makes a lot of sense because if you're in the red zone and you're out there and it's Gabe Davis, DeAndre Hopkins, and Stephon Diggs with Knox or Kincaid, like you're not double teaming anybody. Not really. You're probably going to no, play zone, no, no. but it's going to be very difficult. I mean, those guys um, are going to win their matchups. Nine times out of ten, it'll be easy for Josh to just basically look, see which guy gets the matchup, and then throw it to that guy. Uh, so I think that, you know, this hopefully makes Ken Dorsey's job a heck of a lot easier. Um, people sometimes think that more weapons is a problem, and where would uh, DeAndre Hopkins fit in, or where is Kincaid going to fit in? But um, yeah, I like this well, from from Kenny here. You know, going in motion, get, you know, get the mismatches in coverage. But if they adjust to cover Kincaid, who are they rolling off of now? That's the thing. That's the biggest thing is Kincaid now gives you the threat so that you may not be able to roll coverage away from him. You may have to play more straight up. Yeah, 100% like Kincaid in motion. If you're not a true tight end, you can become be more in motion, right? Like you're not going to see Dawson Knox in motion, right? It just doesn't really work. As a tight end, well, when he when he's a blocker, sometimes no, yeah, motion no, to that blocking side and that kind of thing. Well, but yeah, as a pass also, catcher, like, not really. You, if you motion him in a pass catcher, it also kind of take kind of also gives your hand a little and what mm-hmm. you're going to do. If he's lined up on the line more, it gives you the threat of he can become a pass catcher or he can block depending on if it's a run play. You know what I mean? Dalton Kincaid, I wouldn't view him as a tight end. I'm not saying they're not going to use him as a tight end. He'll still be labeled when the Bills have to eventually pay him if he turns out to be really good or fantasy-wise, all that stuff. He's still going to be a tight end, quote-unquote. Like Travis Kelsey's a tight end. He's more of a receiver, in my opinion. But, no, the Bills' ability to – the red zone issues were troubling last year, right, I, I believe. Mm-hmm. But this year, I think there's too many options and there's too many weapons – and I know some people might disagree for the Bills to completely struggle in the red zone. Aaron's coming and saying the Jags are better. How you doing, Aaron? You're wrong, but I'm not gonna get heated. <laughs> I'm not gonna get heated on Tuesday on July 11th. Aaron, no way, dude. Yeah, man. I'm joking. <laughs> um, let's see. Ooh, Hector's coming in. Let me read this before I put this on here. They should go look into the Pats playbook back when they were exposing matchups with Gronk and Hernandez to add implement into the offense. Yeah. Like that's, I know not a lot of teams run more of a two tight end set anymore. The Patriots kind of retried that with John new Smith and Hunter Henry, but I don't think either of those two have the pass catching upside that Dalton Kincaid does um, when they brought in John new Smith and Hunter Henry, but Aaron Hernandez and Gronk were probably the best example of a two tight end set really working. Uh, so I think that could be an option hundred percent, but I do view as, Kincaid's going to be lined up in that slot position, and that's how the Bills are going to use him. Let's keep moving down here. So we just talked about this, people outside Diggs and Davis, right? Because Davis is penciled in the number two. This is obviously minus a DeAndre Hopkins signing. I know we saw the report from Jeff Darlington saying, which we all knew was kind of true the whole time. You know what I mean? Like, we could talk about that for a second, but, like, we all knew that 
the Bills were always interested in DeAndre Hopkins, sure. and they always potentially wanted him. So probably with the Chiefs, but the price it was was just so out of pocket. Probably he wanted to be paid like a a tier one receiver, and he still might be. But in order to go to a Super Bowl contending team, if you look at the teams, they're just not just flowing in cash right now. It's just yeah. not. Let's how take it a step back for a second, though. Isn't it insane that guys like DeAndre Hopkins and Dalvin Cook and those guys are all free agents right now? It's well, like you should... nobody's you know nobody's able to kind of get that well, bag at that. Did you? Skill Sorry, level. Do you see the report today about Coca? He hates the Miami Dolphins. It's yeah. a report. So like we I'll take everything with a grant. You never know. No, but he turned down the Dolphins off. Yeah, because it's probably not so. good. And if you're the if you're the Dolphins, I get lowballing him, right? Like if you don't mm-hmm. think there's a huge market for him, right? And you think you're the only team like in the I guess Dalvin Cook sweepstakes, uh, why would you go over the top? And that's what the Bills thing is, right? Like if the Bills, if he goes to Tennessee, nobody's gonna care. Like I don't care. New England obviously has more of an effect because it's in your division. So obviously I would prefer Tennessee over New England. But like if he goes to Kansas City and the Bills, if he goes to Kansas City on a pretty good, decent deal that you think the Bills could have done, then you're going to be more annoyed. But if he gets a pretty sizable payout with Tennessee, you're going to be like, or New England, you're going to be like, well, we just don't have the money. Like what? Like you can't get mad at people when the Bills don't have the money. So look, the Bills are clearly still interested in Hopkins. They always were. If he comes back to an asking price that the Bills probably have set and they have told him that's out there, he'll be a Buffalo Bill. But the Bills are going to get outbid, but not by the Kansas City Chiefs. They'll get outbid by the Tennessee Titans or the New England Patriots just because they can and the Bills can't because the Bills roster is so different. Yeah, D-Hop wants more than OBJ. Like he he wants That's what the original number was. He wanted around that 14 to 16. I don't think the Bills can go more than 10, right? Like That's right? stressing it too. I mean, eight is really... Well, they gave, what did they give for Floyd? Eight, nine? Yeah, around that. Depends number. on how they structure it, I guess, and what the real cap hit would be and what the Pugulas would be willing to, you know, pull out that checkbook again like we've discussed. Yeah, but I, yeah, you're right. I just don't right. know that uh, that they well, can offer they too much against win, the cap. If they want to win a Super Bowl and they want to sign a signing bonus out there, that's yeah. the goal is right, but I'm not going to knock them for not doing that because they've done it over the last couple of years to help this roster, to help Brandon Bean out. So I'm not going to knock them. Uh, I think the Chiefs have an easier path to getting a D-Hop deal done. I don't think either team has an easy path. I think the Chiefs don't have – I think the Chiefs might have less cap space, and I think they have to restructure – I think they have to restructure Chris Jones, which might be a bit easier than what the Bills would have to do. Mm-hmm. But it's – it's look, the Bills have a price, right, where they want D-Hop. If he gets to that price, he's a Buffalo Bill. If he doesn't, he's not a Buffalo Bill. It's pretty cut and dry. In my opinion, do we know the price? No. Will we ever know the price unless he signs with the Bills? No. But if he walks away double digits with another team, the Bills are probably not even in that because it's just not uh, pleasable. Uh, but, like, yeah, the Ravens deal, right? It's backloaded, right? So it's $15 million, but they're paying throughout the next couple years to Odell to, so they can create cap space so they can actually get the done deal. I don't know if the Bills want to do that because they have restructured – other people and that just prolongs their contract into multiple years. So we'll see if the Bills want to do that. If he if he's on the table, if he's in that like range where they think it is, Lance, would you say like seven million, eight million? Like, I don't know if that's that might be pushing it, but like if he came into the Bills, right? And he was like, I'll take a one year eight million dollar deal. I think the Bills could make that work. Yeah. I, I think I think if he gets to like when he gets to like the 12 range, you're just like, oh that doesn't work. Eight to eight million you can make it work. 
Yeah, again, it's all about how it's structured and how you know they could put a void year at the end you too, can, just to you know, there's do. a ton of gymnastics yeah. they can do, and I'm not going to get into it all because I don't fully understand it. Admittedly, myself, there's a lot of things that Brandon Bean understands that the common man doesn't, and that's why he's Brandon Bean. Are you the common not. man? I'm more of the common man. Yeah. Ah, oh, nice. Okay, so we talked about this briefly a couple minutes ago. What does the Bills receiver room look like outside Gabe Davis and Stefan Diggs? And let's not put Dalton Kincaid in this conversation, right? We can view him as the, what are you doing, Lance? Oops. You're messing around here, man. But let's not put Dalton Kincaid or Dawson Knox, obviously, in this, even though I think Kincaid fits right, could be in the receiver room. But I'm not- super stoked, I think, for this receiver okay. room. I mean, honestly, like Deontay Hardy is such like a, a dark horse unknown, mm-hmm. like had the injury trouble, so we don't really know what we're going to get out of him. And if he stays healthy, you know, it could be like a Ferrari out there. But, you know, these guys are just um, – they're so finely tuned that like one misstep kind of just throws them off so much that I think it's um, it's it's just funny. So Trent Sherfield, Deontay Hardy um, are two guys that are new to the team that are just like, man, what are we really going to get to him? Sherfield put some good stuff on tape, I think and was kind of one of the more reliable threats in the red zone for Miami at some points. So that's uh, another possible red zone threat as we were talking about there. So I think the receivers with Cleo Shakir coming back on the second year, what's he going to do? How's he going to take his step? Um, They played him at outside towards the end of last year quite a bit. And so I think they could be looking for, um, you know, Shakir to play some outside, even though people might think of him more in the slot. And he certainly can play the slot, but I just think with Kincaid and Hardy and then maybe putting Diggs in the slot for some to try to get those matchups for him, I think, you know, those are all scenarios that are going to eat into Shakir mm-hmm. playing in the slot. And I think that they're grooming him more to kind of take over um, that Gabe Davis role if we're not able to kind of retain Gabe Davis and pay him a big contract after this year. Sure, field wide receiver three, Shakir wide receiver four. Hardy gadget big play wide receiver. Yeah, I think Sherfield probably slides into that true wide receiver three. I think that's where I kind of stand. I'm excited, right? Because it's a lot of unknown, but it's a lot of interesting unknown because of all the players outside of Diggs and Davis kind of bring something different to the table, right? Like they're not all the same type of player, right? Like you have Deontay Hardy, who's that kind of gadget guy who has top end speed. So does Trent Sherfield. Like Trent Sherfield, they brought speed in with Sherfield and Hardy. They both have speed, but I think Sherfield's been the more reliable wide receiver in his career than Deontay Hardy, but Deontay Hardy's a huge, big play. People, PFFs, like if you want to see someone have a a company of a man crush on a guy that's not a superstar or not even like has proven to be a good player, I'm not saying Hardy's not a good player, but you know what I mean, right? Like a reliable target. Go look at PFF and their man crush on Deontay Hardy. They think he's going to have a massive, massive breakout year in the system. They posted a graphic. Receivers that can break out, right? The first guy was Garrett Wilson. The second guy was Deontay Hardy. Mm-hmm. That's what they view. De- I'm not saying they view Deontay Hardy as Garrett Wilson, which if he turned into Garrett Wilson, I'm not going to complain yeah. uh, at all. But because the Bills would have that be unreal. But they view him as a guy that could be potentially a dynamic option for the Bills, right? There's mm-hmm. so many different options where you're not going to have like, I think Sherfield, Shakir, and Hardy stat lines at the end of the year are not going to be like, oh my God, they each like huge numbers. 
but the, you're going to go back and look at each game at glance as we do our shows throughout the season, and we go on every Tuesday. Oh, this Sunday it was obviously Diggs, Davis, Kincaid, Knox. Oh, but it was a Trent Sherfield. He had a touchdown. He had the four receptions. Oh, the next Tuesday it was Shakir. Oh, then it was Hardy. You know what I mean? That that type of guy. And unless some guy consistently puts out game, game, and game. Uh, but it's a huge battle at camp, right? I think it's going to be interesting to see who emerges as that true third receiver. Maybe it's Dalton Kincaid. I said I didn't want to bring it up, but it right. could be Dalton Kincaid as that quote-unquote true third guy. But if we're just sticking receiver, it's probably Sherfield because I think, Lance, you can move Hardy around a little more than you can Sherfield. But maybe Shakir. Like, it's one of those guys where I don't want – one of those battles where I, don't, I want to say it's going to be Sherfield as, like, the true third receiver, but I don't know because I think it's – Shakir, who didn't play a ton as a rookie, and then two guys that have not been in the system, have not been on this team along with Kincaid. Let's see what we got in the comments section. Hey, Lance and Peter, what's up? What's up, Robbie? How we doing, my man? Buffalo Bobby in here. You're on, show, you're on a show last last week? Yeah. How was that? Yeah, good times. Uh, Robbie's obviously a great host, and we had some good topics to talk about and nice. talked a little bit about the stadium and that kind of thing and oh. just random sports. Uh, the the Sabres were actually drafting. I say it was two two or three weeks ago now, and uh, Sabres were drafting and uh, got to announce their first pick on live on a show and stuff like that. So, yeah, it was a really cool time and obviously a great host. So. Warren's coming in. I think the Bills really want to keep Gabe Davis. I think they I think they view him as a potential long-term option. Uh, I know they want to, but how are they going to have them? They just I don't figure out the financial. Because uh, I think they expect Gabe Davis to have a massive year, right? Mm-hmm. Like that's like they would have brought in someone already, not uh, like another true wide receiver, like a tier two yeah, receiver. Hopkins basically would have already been signed if yeah. they didn't. Is this the best wide receiver room Josh Allen has seen? Hmm. It's a good question. Okay. I guess we don't know yet because we don't know Shakir, Sherfield, and Hardy yet. Um, we think like potentially it could be, but well, we just that, don't know how that's well, going to work out. I'm thinking. I'm going over through the years, right? I'm on my depth chart, right? So 2018, his receiving room was Kelvin Benjamin, Zay Jones. That's what the starter receivers. I'm going to say no. Then it was Beasley, John Brown, and McKenzie. I think you could make the argument, maybe the 2020 team, because you still had Beasley, you still had Brown, and you still had Diggs and Davis. Yeah, I like the, that's what Kenny's saying. It's either the tw- I don't think it's a 2021 team because I don't think Beasley was great in 2021. Wasn't 2020 his like almost a thousand yard season? I'm not sure. You can I check that I, out though. I think that was 2020 was his incredible. I know Kenny always come with the stats, so Kenny back us up here because I don't feel like searching it. But 2020, I believe that was Beasley's best year. It's either that or this year. I do think this is the most talent Josh Allen has had around him. From the running back room, from the true wide receiver room, from the tight end room, and I think the best offensive line he has had. I think. Yeah, so. that's what I'm really excited. About. I want to say, say I want to say yes because I want when you say wide receiver room, he still throws to Kincaid and Knox. So I'm going to say throw those guys in. I would say yes. I would say yes. Yeah, Beasley, 2020 had 967, yeah, so 15, 
Davis, Brown, Davis wasn't great in 2020 because it was his rookie year. He didn't play a ton. He had almost 600 yards. He had 62 catches, 600 yards, basically, 599. John Brown wasn't good in 2020. He was better in 2019. That was Josh Allen's second year. I would say the 2020, not 2021. I would say 2020 when they were 13-3 and went to the AFC Championship. That team or this year's team. Yeah, interesting. In 2020, um, Knox had – where'd it go? Just clicked off it. 44 catches, 288, or no, 44 targets, 24 catches, 288. That's yeah. a line you see for Kincaid this year, something like that. I mean, maybe a little bit more um, yards, but I mean, 44 targets for, for him, I, I don't know. I don't know what to expect for a guy like Kincaid, but um, obviously we're talking about the receiver room, and it's hard not to talk about receivers without talking about Dalton Kincaid because that's kind of his yeah, flash. I, I, and that's I kind of, I, we said we shouldn't, but it's like, it's so difficult because that's his kind of niche in, in this market and why he was a first round talent because of having that. And we traded up to get him. Right. So, you know, it's like, yeah, they trade up two spots. Yeah. So like, we're definitely um, in the market we're gonna for use using we're gonna use eight as a receiver I'm, more so. I don't want to hear the people that are online and the people that have been in shows and all this stuff that said they're not going to use Kincaid are just people really mad at Kendors. Just like them be mad at the Bills, the Bills coaching staff. The oh, Buffalo we Bills. fired up Roy here. I, we always fire up Roy. I do, Roy. <laughs> Good to see you after two weeks. But I think that if the Bills are going to use Don Kincaid, right? The, you don't draft a first round guy to not use him. And you can, don't, I don't want to hear the Kyrie Elam. He got beat out. Right, like he got beat out week one. That's not not using him. He lost to Christian Benford. They're always going to put the best. The Bills are always going to put the best players on the field. Like if, but this is a guy that they need weapons. They're going to use him, and, the, and there's so many different things you can use with Dalton Kincaid. I think the Bills are going to be over the moon with that, what we see from Dalton Kincaid in preseason. I think he's going to absolutely flash. Von Miller in minicamp said this guy absolutely pops. Like this guy's going to absolutely pop. He's a freaking nature. He has incredible hands. He, according to Daniel Jeremiah, he was the best pass catcher in the draft. And he might have been the best, second best pass catcher in the draft, in my opinion, behind JSN. Uh, and above the Jordan Addison's, the Quentin Johnson's, the Zay Flowers. But he's just a tight end. And he and he was a top 10 prospect, according to Daniel Jeremiah uh, of NFL Network. So I think the Bills are going to use Dalton Gate. I, I just think that's what's going to happen. Uh Anything else? Oh, you know what? Let's talk about what do you any anything outside of Hardy Shakir or Hardy Shakir or Sherfield? Do you think Justin Shorter makes an impact this year? Does he um, does he stick on the roster? Such a fun idea, right? I mean, I just it is a gigantic, fun massive dude. I mean, and maybe they think that he can play that short of that sort of uh, Hopkins role where he can just kind of go up and out jump people in the red zone or something. That definitely a practice squad candidate with, with upside. If he can perform on special teams, you can just have him on the 53 and that would be your six wide receiver. Right. So yeah, I think that he's definitely wide. got a chance at it. If he's, who, um, you know, playing quality special teams, who would, beat, who would beat him out? Like that's what I'm trying to look at. It would yeah. be a special teamer. That would, it's whoever wins the, the battle yeah. on special teams. I mean, that's going to be, they got yeah. a couple guys I here. You, I, I mean, Desmond Patton and Keyshawn Johnson, Isaiah Coulter, um, they really like uh, – they got Tyrell Shavers, I think. He was a guy people were mentioning. Um, I know they signed Aitman, and they have Jalen Wayne there um, who doesn't have a bad bloodline behind him. So we'll see kind of how those guys can perform on the special teams and then also through camp and, and as a wide receiver because ultimately you have to be able to play your position 
uh, on the field as well to be considered on this roster, I believe. Diggs, one injury to Diggs changes the outlook of it, right? That's what uh, Black Panther 1's coming in and saying. That's basically for every single team. There's not many teams in the league that lose a star receiver and is just like, oh, we're okay. Kansas City, they're done. Uh, I guess Cincinnati has T. Higgins, but T. Higgins is not a number one receiver in the NFL. They lose Jamar Chase. Philly, A.J. Brown. A.J. Brown turned Jalen Hurts into an absolute superstar. Like Diggs turned Jalen, uh, Josh Allen into a superstar. Dak Prescott loses C.D. Lamb. They're done. I'm trying to think of other teams here. What are some other teams that have uh, the Ravens? If they don't have Odell, like that's a Did team you say that... the Dolphins yet? No, they lose okay. Tyreek Hill. They because can... we're, we're talking about Tyreek Hill having legit issues that could prevent him from playing well, this just... year. And I don't did he I don't know if he got cleared or not, but he think, had some oh, issues, right? They get cleared. I think, okay. I'm gonna put out there Tyreek Hill is not the best human being ever. Right. right. I think I think we've already said some child issues. I'm not saying the dude should be playing in the NFL, but I'm not I'm not beating the drum for Tyreek Hill as a human being. I, I won't draft the guy on my fantasy teams, and that's maybe why I keep losing all the time. So I just won't <laughs> take him and he keeps well, being the best player available for me. And I'm like, nope, not taking him. Pick. Sorry. But my opinion is right, like Lance, if you look down the league, look down the NFL rosters of the NFL teams, like the Vikings, Justin Jefferson goes down. Oh, adios. Like, what team can survive their number one receiver? Yeah, Cincinnati's basically it. I mean, Cincinnati, well, I guess Jamar Chase still has Higgins. But ready, and... right? T. Higgins, I'm sorry to cut you off, but T. Higgins, Higgins flourishes as – I'm not saying – I love T. Higgins. I think he's a really yeah. good receiver. But T. Higgins flourishes because he doesn't face the number one corner because Jamar Chase faces, uh, faces the number one corner, right? Miami. Well, Jalen Waddle faces the number two corner. And yeah, the, you can't guard against – well, you can guard, but Miami's – the beauty of Miami's scheme and what they do so well is that they spread you out because they have so much speed on the outside, right? Mm-hmm. You take away one of their speed options, it's just one speed guy. It doesn't work. It doesn't work as well. I'm not saying they're not as good. Cincinnati, T. Higgins, he's by himself against the number one corner week in and week out. He has not proved – But he has Boyd in the slot next to him, and I think that that if you play a zone team that isn't going to man you up, then you can kind of have success in those kind of – So you can't think of all these man-to-man. So um, Dolphins, though, let's just stay here for one second. So you have – you have the uh, chosen one, Robbie, whatever his Robbie, Anderson. Robbie Anderson. Yeah, I guess. No, Which is like, what is he anymore? No. Braxton Berrios, decent pickup in the I slot. But just like I said, if you have Jalen Waddle with Cedric Wilson and Braxton Berrios, yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't. Man, do this, it yeah, doesn't. It's not it, the same. It doesn't, no, because well, you can't. You don't have the hill short route. Like he can run can those also, just zigs and uh, flats and crossers and just yeah. like you can't cover him. You visit phys- like nobody's fast enough to cover him. So that's why he wins. If you don't have that part of your offense, all of your play action, all of your your defensive structure around your offense changes because you don't have the threat of Tyreek Hill anymore. It's yeah. way different. It, you can't. I don't see how anyone could say. Miami would be fine without Tyreek Hill. He adds the dimension that creates all of their window dressing that's going to get them the matchups they want with those other guys. If the, if he's not there to create that, those other guys aren't winning those one-on-ones, aren't getting those one-on-ones just like they are now. So I think that that changes the whole dynamic of the offense. Since he, I would agree. I think they could do something because okay. of Earl's quick passing ability and because of the way they structure their offense. I will give you Cincy for 
uh, you know, wholeheartedly. So would you let's give take a, Philly? a look at Philly? Um, it's AJ Brown, Devontae Smith. I'm not giving you Philly. I'm not. I can't. I can't. With AJ Brown, when his year one in Philly turned Jalen Hurts into a superstar, I'm not going to just yeah, take him off. I think it's, uh, you know what I mean? Like, I. They have Goddard, who is, uh, I just was watching the uh, episode of uh, Bustin' with the Boys, which is uh, uh, Will Compton and uh, what's his name there? The Luan, Taylor Luan. Oh, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and they were at TN, Tight End U, and actually Alan appeared on this. So T sh- uh, shared it with us. So thanks, T, for sharing that in the group. And um, he really likes Goddard. So, I mean, you do have Devonta Smith, I'm not saying Wes options. Watkins, and Dallas Goddard. That could work. Um, you have a good running game, maybe, but I don't think your your passing offense is definitely going to drop. You're going to have to rely more on excelling in the run. You got Swift and Penny. So, yeah, those teams could succeed, but they're not going to succeed through the air just like they do. They're not going to be a – you don't you don't stay as a Super Bowl contender when your number one wide receiver leaves. And I see in the comment section the Chiefs won a Super Bowl without a legit wide receiver. That's just not true. Like, I, I get Travis Kelsey is listed as a tight end. They don't use him as a tight end. Like, I think we got to wake, wake up to that, right? He's a, he's one of the best pass catchers in the history of football. I don't care that he's listed as a tight end. I get it. They Their scheme, obviously, Andy Reid's a mastermind when it comes to coaching. It fits around. Take it easy on Lurch, though. Don't hit him too hard, right? Would you? I know. I know. Sorry. I know. He's sorry, Lurch. He didn't mean to sorry. be that aggressive. Yeah. I know. But I still don't view Travis Kelsey as <laughs> – I, this wasn't just a shot at work. This was just a public statement by me. I get you. I think Travis Kelsey triggered is a little more. I I I don't like that comparison because I think Travis Kelsey is still a great. Uh, <laughs> I about that man. But yeah, but look, it's just like any sport. Like you lose your best receiver, you lose your best uh, running back, your best tackle, your best corner. Your team's gonna suffer. It's it's not that easy to replace. And I guess some teams can do it better, but. You're telling me if you're playing the Cincinnati and AFC Championship game and they don't have Jamar Chase, they're as feared? No. If you're playing Philly in the Super Bowl and they don't have A.J. Brown, you're as scared? No. If you're playing Miami in the beginning of the season and they don't have Tyreek Hill, are you as scared? No. That's sure. that's all you have to ask yourself. If doesn't mean they can't win. doesn't mean they can't win games, but are they – you're a consistent Super Bowl contender when you don't have those type of receivers. You're not. Because all those teams have gotten to, besides Miami, Super Bowls with their star receiver. Not with I, I shouldn't even have stuck up for Lurch. Now we'll look what he's saying in the comments here. What do you say? Hit me. Best QB so really in the good. world. Hate wait, to say wait, wait. I look, I, I, hate, look. I hate that you said look, it too. I think Patrick Mahomes is the best quarterback in the NFL. I'm not gonna not I'm gonna say it because I'm an honest person. But to say the Chiefs are still You're calling really, me a liar. Yes, but the, the Chiefs are still really good without Travis Kelsey is a crazy statement. Which I'm just gonna. Leave. I don't know. Maybe, maybe I, they I, could I, be, but I, I don't know. I, yeah, when you take probably the best tight end in the history of football off your team, you're still good without Tyree Kill. There's with with the roster they have now. Uh, there's no. That's all opinion. There's no way you could say for sure. I mean, they yeah. do have. The, they have like. Three running backs that are pretty good. I'm giving my opinion. I don't with the with the speed, but MVS is not like the guy. We'll see what Sky Moore is, but yeah, I don't. I think you take again. You're taking one of the best. Taking the best player off any offense, which is usually non quarterback, the best skill player. Um, 
it's it's not going to look the same. People are not going to be able to do the same things with their offense that they're able to do. I just don't think so. There's a wild conversation we got into a rap. We do this. That's why we love the comments. I like it. Yeah, they still had Kelsey Lurch. Lurch is killing me, man. You just he's killing me. He is. All right. Well, anyway, off this because I'm going to lose my yeah. mind. I'm going to lose my mind because. So the next topic we had for you guys was who will emerge as the number wide receiver during camp. So do we already go through that? Yeah, we kind of – I, I would right. say Sheffield. We had enough of the wide receivers. I'm done with Let's go team. to the running backs. Yeah, I'm done with the wide receivers or Travis Kelsey right now because I'm going to lose my absolute mind. Let me know what Devil's you think about oh, Naeem Hines, would you? Yeah. Uh, what I think about Naeem Hines, right? This is a guy that the Bills traded for during the trade deadline, obviously last year, right? He had his moments. The Patriots game, the two the kick returns for touchdowns, which that first kick return we'll always remember. That was an iconic play. It was an iconic play from last season. We'll always remember it, right? But those are both special teams plays. He's a dynamic player out of the backfield, but he had nine touches when he became a Buffalo Bill last year. That's including the playoffs. The Bills did not use him. Did they not know how to use him? Did they not want to use him? I don't know. But does, but his roster spot is in jeopardy. It's not he's not he doesn't have a clear path to this roster, especially with the with the kickoff returns, with the new rule change. You have James Cook as the RB1, you have Damian Harris as the RB2, and you bring in Latavius Murray, a veteran proven running back. I still think Naheem Hines makes this roster at the three the running back. They use him as a gadget guy out of the backfield, and they use him as a punt returner and as a kick returner. But it doesn't mean his roster position to safe. I do believe they will use him more out of the back. I think he'll be more of a pass catcher. I think they'll get him involved more. I don't think it's going to be ever to a point where he's just a high volume used player in the system, but he's never really been in his career. He's always been mm-hmm. behind, like a Jonathan Taylor, and he's not a pure running back. He's more of that pass catcher, but I do think we see an uptick in his amount of targets, his amount of touches from the Bills offense, excluding special teams. I mean, if go through the skill positions, right, and tell me who you want to give the ball to or who you want to take the ball away from to give it to Naeem Mines. There's not that many people. I'm sorry. Oh. There's just not. Like, he's going to get two to five touches a game at most, and I think it's like he's not. he is a very good returner, as we saw. He changed that whole game against New England because of his returnability, and he's going to get a lot of run – because of that, he's going to be the returner because of that. And I get it that he was traded for. He should be, more, you know, we gave up assets. He should be more um, of a return guy or more than just a return guy. But that's what he is. Like, he is a good special teamer. He's he's a return guy. And can you use him in the offense? Yeah, you can. Um, but, I mean, James Cook should be able to do everything that Naeem Hines could do. That's the and that's why I don't think that Naeem Hines' usage is going to be through the roof. I mean, he's a great backup you know what you should to use? a James Cook, but I just think that Cook and Roy saying Hines are the top five receiving back, I think that I think James Cook, Cook can, can be, be that. And he was at Georgia and he was, he was yeah. very, very good. I watched most of his games because they were always on TV. And I'm like, man, I really hope we get that guy. You know, as soon as he stepped yeah. on the field, you could tell. It's like, man, I hope the Bills get that guy. We could really use that dynamic ability. Now they got him. 
And now everyone wants to use Naeem Hines? No, James Cook is better than Naeem Hines, and he's going to prove it this year, I think. I think that you have to give James Cook the run now. Um, kind of his path is cleared, and as long as he's performing now, he does have some fumble issues. And I'm not sure what Naeem Hines' history with fumbles are. That's the one knock against James Cook. So if they do see that as an issue, they can give some of those touches to Naeem Hines instead of James Cook. But uh, our guy, Dave, um, Dave Myers, owner, founder of Built in Buffalo, said earlier um, that, sorry, lost my train of thought. You know, Naeem Hines um, is just not going to play, get a bunch of snaps on offense because you have all these other guys that you want to put the ball in their hands, basically. For, yeah, 100%, right? And you're not going to give him a ton. Of, he's not going to get carries, right? That's not his really role because you trust, I would trust James Cook with more more of a prolific running back at this point. And obviously Damian Harris, you bring in and you're going to use him a ton. And I love the, love, love, love the addition of Damian Harris. I think he adds a completely different dim- dimension to this offense than I think Devin Singletary had with James Cook last year. And I do expect James Cook to be the pure number one running back in the system. But I would like to see Naeem Hines get some screen passes. I think get him in space. Use his ability. I do, I agree, Lance. If it's maybe two or three catches a game, that's probably where he kind of sits at. You know what I mean? And maybe mm-hmm. he breaks one. I don't. But he's not going to have a high volume because I agree. I think James Cook's a super dynamic player. James Cook, I know that we're going back to his rushing ability, averaged over five and a half yards per carry as a rookie. James Cook was very good as a rookie. He just wasn't used a ton because they like Devin Singletary and they don't run the ball a ton. The uptick in James Cook this year is going to be incredible, and I think people got to start getting ready for that. But I do think they're going to use Naeem Hines. I don't know if it's ever going to be the level where people are super, super satisfied, but does it really matter if the Bills offense is moving, if it's humming, and if he's being effective with his touches? He's still going to be a key contributor on punt returns, and kick returns because the Bills have been kind of very up and down with that until he showed up halfway through last year. So I believe the Bills will use him. I don't know what to what capacity, but it's not like he's unseating James Cook yeah. or Damian Harris for running back one and two. Like it's just not happening. Right. And the point Dave made earlier, sorry that I lost my train of thought, but I no, went back no, to the no. chat, just found it. So he <laughs> says, I think Hines has a tough road for touches on offense. And I, and that's kind of what we were talking about. So, like Dave's point was if, if he's on the field, teams might know that they're going to try to go to him in a certain pattern, like a screen or whatever they want to use him for. So um, it's just a tough area to get him on the field without tipping your hand. But at the same point, I kind of like that because nothing's saying you can't throw Naheem Hines in there. And I'll have to go back and watch some tape and see what his pass blocking ability is because I'm honestly not sure exactly – you know, where he fits in as a pass blocker. And that's something to mm-hmm. take into account um, because James Cook's going to be asked to block as, as a passing, uh, as, you know, running back on passing downs. Um, and that's where Damian Harris might come in because he may be a little bit better in the pass blocking, um, but less dynamic in the receiving ability. So, um, you know, maybe Hines is that happy medium. We'll see. I just, they, they haven't used a running back super effectively in, you know, in their offense, in a bit. I just, I, I don't think since shady really that they've had a ton of uh, running backs getting the ball in the passing game, they have the ability now where they have Hines and cook 
and they could even it'd be so fun they just they have so many other guys that i would rather and i think you guys would rather yeah put the put the ball in their hands other than naeem hines so as as cool of an idea as naeem hines is you know i just think that he's well suited to give us that dynamic ability on special teams and then that's basically where we need him to be most effective and they talked about it when isaiah mckenzie was a special teamer and trying to break out as a receiver that they couldn't handle both and steve tasker said this himself the greatest special teamer of all time also a receiver right it's hard to handle the returner abilities and be effective on offense as well because if you mess up the return or something happens then you go out there and you're that's on your mind and you can't you know execute the plays effectively on the offense so it's just it's very difficult for guys to be super effective both as a receiver and a special team returner so i think that that's something that just they've got a really good guy as a as a special teams player and a returner he happens to play running back but i just don't think they have the need to really use him because there's so many other guys i'd rather get the ball to than naheem hines does Naheem Hines make this roster lines. Do you think he does? Do you think he flips in as a number three? Or do you think there's an actual world that we're living in heading into week one of the regular season when Hines is not on this roster and it's Latavius Murray as the third running back? That's an interesting idea to trade Hines. Um, I guess I know. If so- That's if what- someone's really uh, offering – I can't, could could we well, get more than we paid for him or no? Can we get probably, the same. You probably I mean, get a, you're, you're probably get a loss. Him. Why would you not just want him to be the returner? If someone I think they keep him. If I don't someone know. younger comes in and has shows the ability to be dynamic at, on the return, then you could potentially think about it. But this man had two returns for a touchdown in one single game, and I just think that you can't um, turn on him in a season. You have to, you know, unless he's like fumbling the ball or something. But he's pretty short-handed back there, and he's taking care of the ball well so yeah look Kenny I see you down there I'm not saying Hines isn't better than Murray but Murray's proven to be a consistent running back even at this age he's surpassed 500 yards in multiple years like it's just what he does five over 500 yards I think you can get Latavius Murray on the practice squad I don't think you can get Naheem Hines on the practice squad I don't think the money's the issue. It's not anything like where you're losing your money. Contract though, Heinz has got a little bit of a hit What's, that would what, be nice to get rid of. And I bought the. I could look it up in Spot Track, but I, I know that I think they restructured his deal though, so he may did. not uh, have such a number right now. But maybe next year he does. So maybe you mean like the dead cap hit right now is cap hit. What do we mean? Twenty twenty three. Three point five million. Yeah, but if you cut him. You take two million of dead cap. That's not. It's not. Yeah, they're not, not going to cut him. No, they have to trade him if they're going to move him. And I don't think they will. Ultimately, I like you want the best fifty-three, and if he, you he's on the best fifty-three. Yeah, right. I think he, I think he does enough for this offense where you have him as your locked-in special teamers, and we know how much McDermott values special teams. We know mm-hmm. how much he does, and he probably did not love Isaiah McKenzie last year. And the year before with fumbling opportunities. And I'm going to go on a limb. I'm going to put this limb out here saying that he probably does not want Micah Hyde returning punts this upcoming year coming off a neck injury. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to put that out there. I think I'm pretty confident that we're not going to really see Micah Hyde back there. And I think we all will say, thank God, because nobody wants Micah Hyde 
returning punts, even though for the 99.9% of the time he did fair catch it. That one time he takes it out, you're just saying a prayer. And we don't want to have to do that with our star safety, with the best safety doing that NFL. So they're gonna he they love special teams. He'll make the roster because of special teams. And I do think you have a you had a full offseason, right? You're gonna have with nine minds, not the handful of games you got him at the trade deadline, mm-hmm. where they're gonna use him. But James Cook is a is gonna be James Cook's gonna have an absolute monster year. He might not have like that monster stat total. Because I don't know how many running backs in this system will when you have an elite top tier quarterback. But with James Cook averaged five, over about five and a half yards per carry as a rookie. People need to start talking about how good James Cook's going to be in year two for the Bills. Pass catching ability and his running ability in between the tackles and the ability to bounce outside and his explosiveness. And then you bring in Damian Harris, who I got to watch up close for a handful of times last fall. And he has killed the Bills. He has killed the Bills over and over. He can run through the tackles. He's going to be a goal line running back. The Bills are set up really well, like we said, in the red zone with their pass catching ability. And Lance, you even mentioned this earlier when we were talking with the pass catchers. They've set up really well in their rushing attack in the ability because I think James Cook can be a good red zone running back. Damian Harris is. And Naeem Hines out of the backfield as a pass catcher in the red zone. Mm-hmm. He can make a couple guys miss, right? Like, how many linebackers can keep up with Naeem Hines? I do think the Bills are going to use Naeem Hines. But, Lance, it's probably one of those two to three set plays a game, right? You mm-hmm. know what I mean? That screen pass when you don't want to use James Cook because last year you could use James Cook more in that passing role because you use Devin Singletary more as the RB1. James Cook is going to be the RB1. So less of those set plays for James Cook where you like you know you're dumping it off to James Cook or the screen pass, I think it's going to be nine Hines this year. And I think we'll see more screen passes with maybe Hines and Harvey than we did last yeah. year. Yeah, I think definitely if your trips to the running back side and you kind of throw that swing pass or a little bubble screen type deal to, um, to a guy like Hines, he's definitely going to have some guys out there um, <clears throat> that can give him space. And then if he's operating in space, obviously we see on the kick returns he's really dangerous there. Hot take, Jordan Mims beats out Murray for running back four in practice squad. Well, running back four is going to be Reggie Gilliam. Like, he's going to be on that roster spot, right? So you're only going to keep three active running backs. Cook, Harris, and Hines if we're playing that game right now. And then Latavius Murray goes to practice squad. I guess Jordan Mims can go to the practice squad as well. I don't think people are losing their mind to get Jordan Mims unless he has, like, a Raheem Blackshear <laughs> type of preseason. You know he's going to. Everyone, you, you know he's going <laughs> you're right. to. You're right. You do. So, um, I just answered this, but perfect question. You kind of when you when the question came in, I was in the middle of answering this. But yeah, I think Cook will have a. I love it. We'll cook, Cook this season. I like that. But yes, yeah, I think he'll have a great year. Lance, you think he's RB one, right? Yeah, and if we added Delvin Cook, I just think it would be too many cooks in the kitchen. Well, honestly, well, I don't and know so- what they're not. They're, were they ever adding Delvin Cook or no. CBS Sports just to like to tweet that every other day? Well, it's fun, I guess, when your sibling plays for a team it and is. you're now a free agent. I mean, they've always they did that with yeah. the Watt brothers, and they, they do that with any kind of family members when when they're in the league and one has the ability to move to to another. They've done it with Diggs, even though he's not going anywhere. So if they didn't have Damian Harris. Then I would think we can actually have that conversation. They brought mm-hmm. Damon Harris in Futs for such a good. They brought Damon Harris in. I was, I was caught, uh, caught taking a sip of water and it got stuck in my throat as I was trying to talk there. But Damon Harris, they brought Damon Harris for such a good price that I don't think they're gonna 
even think about moving Dalvin Cook in. I think Damon Harris is going to have a great year. I'm excited for Harris. I think he's going to have that Jamal Williams type of year. Maybe not that touchdown totals because that's unreal, but like that goal line back that kind of takes off James Cook uh, in year two. But I think the Cook-Harris dynamic is going to be better than we saw last year with Singletary and Cook. Yeah, I think this running back room is going to be very dynamic. I think it's It's fun to understand the routes that James Cook – excels at you know watching him at georgia mostly because he didn't really do a ton in the bills offense but those kind of wheel routes that kind of come out and if you get an outside backer on him or a mismatch with a safety even in some cases you're going to have james cook running free um and and allen has missed some deep balls but he's generally fairly accurate and i hope one of the improvements he makes in the offseason they always tweaks a little something he had the UCL last year, obviously. So we'll That's see cool. how his deep ball accuracy um, carries into the season. I think it's going to be pretty good. And I think James Cook running down the sideline, if a, if a linebacker is trying to cover him, good luck. And then if a safety is trying to cover him, they may, because of their depth, be able to try to break something up. But it's going to take a special play, one of those Micah Hyde snatching the ball out of the air type of plays to kind of get, get rid of Cook on that route. So. Well, James Cook last year had 89 carries for 507 yards. That's not what I'm talking about here. 5.7 yards per carry as a rookie for James Cook. Mm-hmm. When he had the ball, when he got the ball, he was dynamic. Look, he's not going to be, I don't think, ever in his career. And I think this is why you brought in Damian Harris to be that no hard-nosed running back on third and three when he's going to give you those three, four yards, right? I think he can. I think he is going to. But I don't think that's a specialty the specialty is pass catching which they need to use him more it's him getting outside the numbers because his explosiveness and his top end speed is unreal but it's his just missing tackles and his breakaway speed that got him to the 5.7 yards per carry because he can break away so many different runs he's that kind of running back that can take it to the house at any given time so yeah we're always like screen uh cooking the screen game that's another option yeah like I, you're going to use them a lot. I think the Bills are going to be fun with James Cook this year. I really do, Lance. I think it's going to be a fun year with James Cook. I'm not saying he's, he's going to get 1,000 yards. He could be. He could be pushing 1,000 yards. But obviously with the system and how many times they throw the ball, it's kind of tough. Yeah. Matt, uh, Lurch McHoman here is coming in. Yeah. With, with the 23. So wasn't Shady yeah. 17? Oh, on Shady that? was 17. Yep. Nope. Shady was great in 17. He's my guy, dude. I can't. Yep. Un- we'll see Look, how ready, Cook does ready? here. But, I mean, if Shady McCoy talking, was my favorite. So. Ready? If we're talking about the total backfield, right, top from running back one to like the whole roster that makes the running back room, right, mm. I think this is probably the best. This beats the Singletary and the Moss days, right? Yeah. It literally has to be because, I mean, but if you think about. It doesn't beat with Sean McCoy in, if you go like running back one versus running back one. I think it's better than McCoy's room from from one to four, but I don't think mm-hmm. you have somebody as good as LaShawn McCoy. I think you do. Yeah, you had McCoy. Tyrod Taylor had 420 yards. Then Mike Tolbert, fullback, had 240. Then you had Traveris Cadet oh and Marcus Murphy. Yeah, that's a, that's a, that's fun, a room there. A fun running back room. Kyle Williams, that's the year he got his one for one and a touch. 
Yeah, that was the year they made the playoffs. 970, 2017 team. That O line was so weird. Deion Dawkins, Richie Incognito, Eric Wood, Vlad Duquesne. Enjoy that. Uh, Duquesne oh my good. god. That right side of the line is brutal. Mm-hmm. Jordan Mills and Vlad. LaShawn well, McCoy is the only running back that got a carry in the postseason. 19 carries for 75 yards. Dude. That's insane. That 2018 offensive line was so bad. Besides Deion Dawkins. I'm yeah. And then 2019, Dawkins, Spain. Spain actually wasn't bad in his, in his that year with the Bills. No, um, he wasn't. Which yeah. more was good. Had a Michiano actually was good. Which Cody so. Ford was terrible. And you know also had, had a pretty good stint with the Bills? Daryl Williams. But Daryl Williams was a solid uh, back. But I think this Bills offensive line is the best Josh Allen's got with Osiris Torrance in the second round. Then you have McGovern at the left guard, Torrance at the right guard. You have Bates who can play the center and the guard position. So he can kind of that third dynamic option. Then you have Spencer Brown, massive year for Spencer Brown. People play well when their backs are against the wall when it's their contract year. This is Spencer Brown's year to prove that he can play right tackle in the National Football League. Mitch Morse is there. And I do think when you don't have Roger Saffield next to you, you're going to play a little better. And I think Deion Dawkins will have a massive bounce back here. Look at this uh, picture of Cam on here. Boy, yeah, handsome he, guy. He leaves built in Buffalo and he gets handsome. Look at this guy. Um, He's on hiatus. I don't know if he left this. Oh, but, shoot. Uh, shoot. My bad. I'm just... Singletary Moss, Cook, and Taiwan Jones. Murray might make the 53. Certainly, because Jones was purely special teams. And if Hines is purely special teams, oh, and you so could Murray, look at that. Yeah. Um, you definitely could look at that. And you can think that. Um, with the receiver room and with the tight end room, how many of those are you going to keep? So I have to go back and look and see if they came. At one point, they did have like seven receivers active, though. Last we keeping, year. We're probably keeping and two so tight ends. We're talking about six because we're – are we keeping two? And then Gilliam's the, the, the utility guy. More staying? Is Quentin Morris? That's what I'm saying. Do they – That's that all determines on the running back number because if they're going to keep – um, skill position players and receivers mm-hmm. um, or tight ends and uh, all these things. So I think that one of those things is going to, um, you know, give way. So whether it's the fourth running back, like we said, or whether it's a third tight end that's not going to be there this year or a seventh receiver that we're not going to have. I mean, one of, the, one of those things is going to happen where we're not going to keep um, all those numbers. So we have to either, you know, shave off a running back, a receiver, or a tight end to get the numbers to work for the 53. I think that's going to do it for tonight's episode and show of the Buffalo Blitz. We're not going anywhere. We'll be back next week with our final episode heading into training camp. And the cool thing how training camp lines up, obviously it starts the 25th. The 18th, next week, we'll have our final show previewing training camp. I'm going to go on a limb and say we'll probably look towards more of the defense side of the ball. We did a little more of the offense tonight. We'll probably go towards the defense. And the next Tuesday, we're not coming up with topics anymore. It's training camp recap, and then we'll go to the preseason. It's going to be fun. It's going to be awesome. Uh, I know we missed last week's episode, but I think it was a pretty good week to take off. Not big news. Fourth of July. Hopefully everyone had a great Fourth of July as well. 
Yeah, this uh, comment from Lauren came in earlier, but I wanted to pull it up now because it. we're going to talk about the defense next oh, week. And, early on, and, yeah. and so we're definitely um, yeah, going to be looking at the rookies because the rookies actually do report. So Dorian Williams will be in camp next Tuesday, the 18th. Yeah, so everyone come back next Tuesday. If you didn't miss this episode, obviously you can rewatch it on Facebook, YouTube, or Twitter. But if you prefer the podcast version, it comes out tomorrow morning, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast. Lance, tell everyone who we're sponsored by and what to do. Yes, sir. Go ahead and sign up for Underdog Fantasy on underdogfantasy.com or the Underdog Fantasy app. Deposit between $10 and $100, and you'll have that deposit matched using promo code BLITZ, B-L-I-T-Z. Case is not sensitive, so you can type it in any way you would like. And if you'd like to get into the biggest fantasy football contest in America or the world, 15 million total prizes, 3 million to first place, Best Ball Mania 4. It's a best ball tournament where you pick a roster, and then each week you'll gather points, and then you get eliminated if you're not in the top percentage that they choose for that week. And you go on to the regular season uh, championship, and they even have postseason. There's a ton of these games out there. You can play it every week, week by week, or you can get in the season-long best ball tournaments. They got drafts out there. So also go play Pick'em. They allow you to uh, have a entry up to five picks, and it's usually higher or lower of a certain stat for a player. You'll be able to um, kind of put in a wager um for that entry and then based upon the number of picks you win a certain amount of money so go ahead check that all out underdogfantasy.com or the underdog fantasy app also go to built in buffalo's facebook page check out the merch shop mm -hmm. um check us out in the community uh i'm wearing the buffalo logo uh zuba shirt so buffalo logo is hosting a golf tournament on sunday for 716 day built in buffalo will be out there myself and luca are going to play um, T is going to be there at our hole. We're sponsoring a hole at this event. So come oh, out. What are you, um, what are you shooting on Sunday Lance? Oh, easily in the hundreds there. We're going to try to get under 100, but we'll see how that works. You, you, you know what I did last week for the first time? My best ever was 95. I started golf two summers ago, two nice. weeks ago. I mean, two weeks ago. Yeah, I started start playing two summers ago. So it was my second summer playing two weeks ago. I got 91. Did you make a birdie yet? Yeah. Ah, oh, dude. I've made a ton of them. Not a ton. I've never, of I've never gotten a birdie yet. I birdied a par on the 91. I had four or five pars. I forgot the number. And then oh, this is on 18, obviously. If it was on nine, that'd be a, pro a problem. Uh, I birdied a whole four or five on my on one of the courses I played. And it was just, it was like the most prolific golf I've ever had. Hit my drive, hit my seven iron up, got on the green, knocked in like a 15 foot putt. And I was just like, Okay, I should just go home now because I yeah. can't get much better than that. So I lift yeah. out that putt the other week, and that's why I never got a, a birdie, birdie because I had I had well, a birdie well, putt. You on gave me seventeen, and you I just a I chance. It. The worst oh, thing yeah. on a birdie putt you can do is there's a couple things, right? If you're on a birdie putt, and let's say you're you miss it so short or you miss it so poorly that your par putt's not easy to make. Yep. That and then you're like, oh, I'm bogeying this. What I'm about strong. an eagle putt? That's why I had an eagle putt. Oh, and I left down. it so short yes, you can't that I it. couldn't make my birdie putt either. And I'm like, come on, I should have just look, look, like, You want to make the eagle putt, but like you got to think, right? Yeah, I'll take yeah. the birdie here. You got like on the birdie putt, I'm always thinking, right? If I miss this, it better be a tap in par. 
I better be my friend be like, give me like, it's good. You know what I mean? You give me, you give me, mm-hmm. yes, I, it, it better be that because if I'm trying to, if I have to, after having a birdie look and having to make this par putt, I, this is, I'm missing it. So that's what you always got to think too. If you two putt, you think everything two putt, your golf school. This guy knows game. everything. Peter DiBiase, he gives you golf lessons, everything. Guy's been uh, on two years. I would, I would not take golf lessons. <laughs> That'd be such an issue. Oh my God. Uh, but yeah, everything built in Buffalo as always, Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter, Instagram, I got the merch shop. Merch shop. If you missed this episode, you can listen tomorrow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Just type in Built in Buffalo Podcast Network. We're going to get out of here. We're going to get on a random rant. We'll see everyone next week back on Tuesday. Hopefully everyone enjoyed the show. And as always, go Bills. Go Bills.